Good morning, Christ Church, and it is so good to be with you today. And today we start a new sermon series that we have called Rebuild. And it's the story of uh, an, an incredible man who led the people of Israel to do something very important. And uh, let me give you a little bit of context here. So years before, the people of Israel had been conquered and most of the Israelites taken into exile to serve their new masters. And the, the whole nation of Israel had been left to ruin, particularly the city of Jerusalem. It had been conquered, it was left derelict. Uh, and 90 years before this story of Nehemiah, if you read in Ezra, what you see is the rebuilding of the temple as they try to restore something of their faith and their culture and their city. Nehemiah is 800 miles away from Jerusalem. And the only thing we really know about him is he's a cupbearer to the king. It doesn't sound like much of a job, does it? And it really wasn't really. Uh, his job was to taste the drink and the food that was given to the king to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Not a great job. But that meant there was a lot of trust between him and the king. In those days, a cupbearer to the king or to the queen would quite often become their confidence because of the level of trust that was placed in the cupbearer. The king had to trust Nehemiah that he wasn't in any way hiding what he was doing, that he was openly tasting the food and the drink to show that it wasn't poisoned. And this cupbearer had a huge heart for God and a huge heart for his homeland. And that's what we see here in Nehemiah 1. And uh, I would encourage you, please read the whole book, but after this, read Nehemiah 1 again. Because we see what happens when Nehemiah discovers the perilous state of the city of his homeland. When he discovers that the walls around the city are still derelict, they're still broken down, the city's defenceless, open once again to be conquered. And something stirs in his heart. And the reason why I want to look at this book is because in this post-lockdown period, as we start to emerge again into what is effectively something new out there, we are all in some way going to play a part in rebuilding our town, rebuilding church, rebuilding perhaps even our own lives for those who have been deeply affected by the virus. And so there's something about rebuilding, I think, in this new season that we start to enter into. And more than anything else, we, we need to look at our town and think, how can we all play a part in rebuilding this town? We know even before the virus appeared, the town was changing. It was changing rapidly. It wasn't just about the closure of big department stores, there are all sorts of things changing about the town. And we have a choice. We can simply hark back to how it used to be, or we can be involved in the rebuilding of the future. And this story is all about rebuilding. And so I want us to draw out lessons uh, from this story to see what we should be doing as the people of God in playing our part in rebuilding Southport. 
creating a future for us in which everyone, everyone can thrive and flourish. Let's just look at the chapter again. So one of Nehemiah's friends comes to see him with some others and Nehemiah asks about Jerusalem and they tell him about the state of the walls and his first response is one of, of real grief and mourning because he understands the importance of the walls for the future of the city. And then it says he turns to mourning, fasting and prayer. We see that in verse 4. For some days, he says, I mourned, I fasted, I prayed. It was very clear what he was mourning about. But I wonder for you and I, as we look at our town, perhaps as we look at our nation, what do we see? Are we aware of the issues that face us? Now, obviously, there's some glaring issues. There are the closures of job of um, shops and companies leading to job losses. There is still the threat of the virus that will be with us for a long time. There's the mental health aspects of all of this. And what Nehemiah does is he kind of takes it personally. He mourns over this. And there should be something in us that we love our town and we love the people of this town so much that we mourn over it, that it touches us deeply. And then he fasted. And fasted is a, an important way of being serious about prayer. Fasting, when it's combined with prayer, is a deeply powerful way of bringing things towards God. And then we see the prayer that he prays. And I want to quickly touch on that. Because it's such an important thing to do, isn't it? And we've been calling on you to be praying for our town. To be praying for the future of this town. You'll hear in a moment um, from Andrew Brown, who will talk a bit about the future of the town and how hopeful he is. And I share that hope, and I hope you do too. But if it's simply hope built on the efforts of human beings, it's doomed to failure. If it is a hope built on what God can do, then maybe something can happen in our town. Something that's exciting. How does Nehemiah pray? Firstly, he reflects on the incredible power of God. He starts off, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. And it's so easy isn't it, to look at the problems around us and to be overwhelmed by them. But we need to be overwhelmed by the incredible power of God to do what we can't even imagine yet. And then what does he do? He says, he says he's praying day and night for your people. He was in constant prayer. I would encourage you, take that to heart. We need to be praying constantly for our town and for our church. We need to be praying for our nation at this time. This could be a key moment, not just in the economic life of this nation, but in the spiritual life of this nation. Let's pray. Let's pray like we've never prayed before. And then Nehemiah does something incredible. Even though he's 800 miles away, was probably born after the people were taken into exile, 
he identifies himself with the sins of the nation. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. It's so easy, isn't it, to point the finger at others and say, it's their fault, it's their fault. We're really good at that. Nehemiah owns it. He owns his responsibility for the failures of his people. And there's no doubt in our town, there's all sorts of things wrong and we can point the finger. But really we should be thinking, actually, I'm involved in this. This is partly my responsibility. It's partly my fault. I need to bring this before God as an act of confession. And then Nehemiah reminds God, not that God needs reminding, but he reminds God of two things. He reminds God of his faithfulness to his people. God had time and time again proved himself to be faithful to his people. And I believe that God wants to be faithful to the people of Southport, to the people of Christchurch. And we need to hold on to that truth. God never gives up on people. And he never gives up on a town or a city. As we pray, we need to hold on to that. And don't be afraid of reminding God of that. Because it's an act of faith, isn't it? We're saying, Lord, I truly believe that you are faithful to your people. And then finally, he says, he reminds God of his love for his people. And again, God doesn't need to be reminded of that. I would love to learn how to love Southport like God loves Southport. To really understand just how much he loves the people of this town. And we need to capture hold of that. We need to pray that into being. We need to, in some way, embody that love as we move to the future. And what we see in these coming chapters is that Nehemiah is a man of action. He gets things done, but he never gets things done without praying first. Let me encourage you, let's be a people of prayer. If we're to see this town rebuilt, if we're to see a future for this town that goes beyond our imagination, it starts not with action, but on our knees. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you love this town in a way that we can never understand. You love this town more than we do. Help us, Lord, to capture some of that love. Help us to embody that love. And Lord, help us to pray deeply to see this town have a future that is beyond our imagination. Amen.